Yes, what is going on, guys? I want to welcome you to episode two of the Winner's Circle by Grande Sports Training. Today, we have a very special guest, a professional footballer that plays left back, left wing for FC Tulsa, Maximiliano Schenfeld. Maxi, how are you today? Hey, how are you, Miguel? It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How's, uh, how's the uh, quarantine treating you so far? Well, right now, it's... You know, pretty quiet. Everything is is closed. Trying to to train on, on my own, and then trying to just make the make the days count. You know, um, it's been it's been really quiet since uh, I'm here back in Florida. So you know, just trying to to do a little bit every day, um, and then the rest of the day there is not much to do. So just trying to maybe read a book, watch a little bit of TV, uh, stuff like that, you know? Awesome, awesome, Maxi. Yeah, well, well, before we get started today, guys, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode two is brought to you by Club 11 and Final Films. Big shout out to them. Um, but yeah, Maxi, I see that you've been staying sharp, training every day since uh, the quarantine has started. Uh, it's, it's amazing that, you know, there's still ways that you can train outside from uh, the club environment. How, how has that been for you in terms of training on your own instead of training with the team? I mean, it's good because um, right crossing the street, I, as the parks are closed and all the open spaces are closed, uh, my friend and I, we found like a spot, like right diagonal in front of the, the apartment we're staying. So we go there, it's like a, not really big, but it's a good spot with grass. So we go there, do some touches, do some runnings, you know, try to, try to train a little bit, like maybe an hour, an hour and a half every day. Perfect, perfect. So Maxi, let's jump right into it, man. When did you first start playing the beautiful game? What was your, what's your earliest memory of you playing? Where are you from? Where were you born? Well, I'm from Chile. Um, uh, I started to play in a small academy in my hometown, Ovalle. Uh, the academy is called Kiko Rojas. Um, and I, play, I started to play there when I was maybe six or seven. I didn't even have a, like, my, my age group yet. I started to play with guys that were one year older than, than myself. So that's how I started. Then the next year, my... My age group was created, so I started to play with them and until I was um, 14 years old. I was playing there also in my school. Then when I was 15, I went to Coquimbo Unido. That's a second division team. I, I did the U15 there. Um, and then the next, the next year, um, my dad had a, like an idea. He offered me if I wanted to go to, to Argentina to try out to, to, to the teams over there and see, and see how it goes. I was doing very good in my team. And the reason he offered me that is because sometimes in, in Chile, I mean, the way we were training, he didn't like that. So he wanted, he wanted something better for me. Mm -hmm. So when he told me about that, I really liked the idea. And that's how I went to try out. And I remember I went to Boca Juniors. I did a tryout in Boca. 
ID Gachoya in Chacarita Juniors. That's another club in Argentina. And I also try out in Banfield. Okay, okay. Um, and before we get into that, Max, I want to just rewind it a little bit and uh, ask you. So you joined the academy when you were six, seven years old. Um, yeah. What, what led you to join that academy? Was it your parents? Was it you? Was it your friends? Who, who influenced you in, in starting playing? No, as I, as I said before, I mean, my hometown is, is really small, so there's no many, many academies. I mean, right now, there are many, but when I was, when I was a kid, I didn't have many options, but I did like one or two, uh, and, and that was the one that, that I liked. I went there for maybe, I don't remember exactly, but I think I have a couple of friends playing there, maybe my cousin. Mm. So that's, that's how all started. And would you say growing up uh, as, a, as a child in your neighborhood, everybody played soccer? Yeah, yeah, everybody played soccer over there in Chile. Yeah, I think it's the, the, most, the, the most popular sport right yeah. now. Yeah, everybody plays, even if it's not in a club, just with friends. I used to play with them. I used to maybe go in the street or, I mean, whatever place we find. We play. Sometimes we didn't. We didn't even have a ball, so we play with an empty bottle of plastic or whatever <laughs> we find, just to just to have fun a little. You know, that, that's that's the main reason we play for. That's 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 amazing. So that's where you developed that beautiful left foot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That that's that's amazing because you can you can tell now with uh, the culture that we live is live in here in the United States. Um, Playing out in the streets is not that common. So it's interesting to hear you that you guys would even play in the streets without a soccer ball. You know, you guys yeah. would just use a plastic bottle. And and how how was that like? When you're a kid, you're not really thinking, you just want to have fun, right? But now that you yeah. now that you're older, you look back at it, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you did you even notice that you were playing with a with a water bottle? Like I mean, right now I think fun. about it and it's and it's crazy because how things are over here in the states and how the things how the things were in Chile uh, is totally different the culture and the the lifestyle of the I mean the quality of life that you have here compared to than that I had in Chile when I was a kid but at that time we didn't we didn't even think about it we just wanted to have fun be with your friends. Uh, I didn't like. I didn't like to. I mean, right now I'm suffering in quarantine, bro. I can. I can tell you. I don't like to be in home all day. I need to go outside and do stuff. And and that's the way I was as a kid. So, yeah, uh, we didn't think it was crazy. So we just wanted to have fun and and being out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you said you were in that academy until 14 years old. Um, during that time, who would you say helped you? as a player and as a person, like who helped shape you? Was it your parents, your dad, your mom? Was it an uncle, a coach? Yeah, my, my, my dad always been behind me. I mean, my whole family, honestly, but my dad, he, he, he was a soccer player. He played in Argentina, then also in, in Chile, in Costa Rica as well. So he, he was behind me all the time, like telling me how to get better, if I was doing something wrong, he always tried to correct me uh, and pushes me to to do good, you know, for in the in the good way. Okay. Uh, 
So yeah, I can say my dad is one of my biggest influences. That's awesome. So you grew up um, with your dad supporting you, your whole family supporting you, and your dad was always there to push you. And was there moments where you were playing, let's say, when you left Argentina? After, after being in Chile, you left Argentina? Yeah, um, I did. Did, uh, did yeah. your dad go with you or did you go by yourself? Um, it was crazy because um, I, I made it in two, different, in two different clubs, in Chacarita and Banfield. And only one offered me like a pension, like the housing housing, food, and like school. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there on my own. My family traveled just to, to see me once or twice a year. But then the rest of the year I was there on my own. It's crazy because sometimes I think about it and I was only 15 uh, with, yeah. the risk, with the risk that, that is coming with. Uh, sometimes you can choose like, a, you don't have nobody to tell you what to do. And, but I was there with more kids do, doing the same thing, so it was very good for me. It was a great experience. I think it helped me a lot to develop as a person and as a player because it was like a, like a punch uh, in terms of life because I needed to, to mature. And I, I couldn't take any bad choice because I had a dream behind uh, waiting to, to come through, you know? Yeah, yeah. And no, that's that's crazy that you say that. You know, at 15, you're still a young young kid, and now you're living on your own in a whole different country. Thankfully, Chile and Argentina, you can both uh, both of them speak Spanish fluently, um, yeah. and that's the main language. So thankfully, you can adjust in, in terms of the language. There was no uh, issues with the language barrier. But how was that process? The transition from living in your hometown with your family to living in a totally different country by yourself. Um, were there ever times in your, in, in the time at that club that you wanted to go back home that you didn't, you didn't want, you, you thought about your, uh, your dream and thought maybe this isn't it. Were there any times that you thought that? Uh, yeah, no, not every time, but yeah, there were some points where, um, I didn't know what to do, especially when, things were not going the way I wanted to, to go. For example, the first year I didn't play much. Like every Friday when they, they, they make the, the list for the games on Saturday, sometimes I, I was not even picked. So that those moments were really, really hard for, for a kid. And sometimes I was speaking to my family and I, I never said it, but I, I, I feel, I felt like I wanted to go back. Mm. Especially when I speak to them, they ask me about how you're going, uh, how you're doing, how is everything? Are you going to play tomorrow? And I was like, no, okay, so maybe next week. And that's, how, but that's part, of, part of the game, you know? Sometimes you play, sometimes you don't. But the, the most important thing is you got to keep, keep pushing and keep, keep going and try to try to be positive even in the in the bad moments no no of course no i totally understand that so when you would go after a long week of training training hard training sharp and you would look at the list and your name wasn't there anymore for the for the weekend game what did you feel and and what would you tell yourself to motivate yourself for the next week of training i mean 
the first thing we had, I mean, during the game on, uh, on Saturday, the guys that were not picked, they had, to, they had to train on Saturday before the match and then watch the game. So there is no more, um, it's, it's not good for, for, for us as a player, like sitting out there, watch your teammates play. I mean, are you, um, I don't know how to say this, but you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Playing, you know, being on the you field, just really not, want not, to be there, you know, not yeah, just, yeah, yeah not, the, not just watching. So, I think that's the, that's the clear example. There is no more motivation than that. So, I was living in the club, inside the club. So sometimes, I mean, my dad is from Argentina, so I, I wanted to visit my my grandpa on Sunday, my grandma on Sundays, like try to clear the mind a little bit, recover energy get some good food and then to go back on, on Monday and being ready to, to train again. Yeah. So it's crazy. It sounds like you were able to turn that, that negativity into, into motivation. It would just push you to train harder the next week. You know, you were able, you were able to get over that right away because that's the thing with, with, with soccer players, you know, sometimes it's not going to go your way. And then it doesn't matter. You still got to show up on Monday, like as if nothing happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm being positive and trying to show because if you like show a bad attitude or stuff like that, coaches notice. And it's how much you, it's all about your desire, how much you want to be there, and how many, how many walls, like let's say like this, how many walls can you pass through? Uh, it's all about how much you want it, honestly. That's, that's the way I think. And, and were there ever times that you would see some other player's name on the list? that you thought he shouldn't be there, I should be there instead. Did you you think always that? think that, always. Yeah. Yeah. There is no one day, I mean, honestly, as a player, you always want to be there and you always think that you did everything possible to be there. So when your name is not on the list, you always like feel like, I did, I did good to be there, why I'm not there? Yeah. But yeah. obviously coaches do, the, do their job, they know what they're doing and obviously they don't have anything personal with nobody, they try to, make the team better and they pick whoever is ready or whoever is doing best in that moment. And, and it's crazy that you mentioned that, Maxi. So at around 15, 16, you were already thinking that way. You were already thinking that the, the coach was doing the best decision for the team. And then even though that affected you, you still knew that it was best for the team and you still kept moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Even after the games, what I did, I had a... I mean, with, the, with my friends from, from the school, they have a league on, on Saturday. So after my training, I watched my teammates play. And after that, I went to this league, like a, like a Sunday league, but it was on Saturdays. So I went there and I, and I played with them. It was a very competitive league because in Argentina, there's whoever you play, you have a good level. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to give that advantage of my teammates playing and me just training. So I train in the morning and then I play in the afternoon. Okay. Then Sunday rest and then Monday I was ready to go again. But awesome. yeah, that's, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, I wanted to, to say this very clear because maybe in that moment you don't have the mentality. Right now I'm telling you, I'm telling you this very like um, calm and we all the, I'm 20, I'm going to be 28. so. There is a different, like, uh, different of, way, way of thinking. 
but the level of maturity was, is different. Yeah, but in that moment I was very pissed. But every time somebody called me, hey, you wanna come play? Okay, I go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe I, I, I didn't think about like, uh, okay, I'm gonna go because I need to keep training, but I just wanted to play. So if I'm not playing my club, okay, I train and somebody invite me to play on Saturday afternoon, okay, let's go because it's what I like to do. Exactly, exactly. And how long were you in Argentina for? Until what age? Oh, let me think a little bit. I was there, I got there in uh, 2008. I think it was like five years. Five, yeah, five years. Okay. I did my first year in Banfield. Then the next year I did in Tigre. And then I was, I, I did three years in Platense. That's a second division team. And then I had one experience with a professional team in the first division in, when I was 19. In, it's called Ferro de Olavarria. He plays the fourth category of the Argentinian soccer. So that was my first, my, my first experience in an in a, in a adult team, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, so, and yeah, well, pretty, pretty, pretty much was like five years. Okay, okay, and what would you say was the was the biggest adjustment or transition when you jumped from a you know a U seventeen U sixteen team to the first team with men? What was the biggest transition? What impacted you the most in that transition? Oh, it's here the speed, speed here, speed right here, yeah, My, speed of play in your mind. Yes, it doesn't matter how, how fast you, you, you were running to a guy. Like when he received the ball, he, was, he already knew what he was going to do. So I think that's the speed of play. Um, you can be really fast running, but if you don't know what to do with the ball or if you start thinking once you receive the ball, I think you're late already. And for a first division uh, like Argentina where, the, where the, there's so much pressure and everybody's on you all the time. Um, you gotta, I think that's the big, uh, the big thing that I noticed when I, when I get there. And, and did you, did you feel that pressure every day? Yeah, every day. No, oh, wow. no, but no, nobody gives you, gives you anything. I mean, if you ask any, anybody in Argentina what they want to do, I think 90, 95% of the people, they say they want to play soccer. And, all of them try. Everybody tries. I mean, yeah, no. It yeah. sounds like it sounds like the competition is fierce. Like I yeah. feel like it's like that all over South America, um, Central America, Europe. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's very it's very competitive because yeah, like ninety five percent of the kids want to play professionally. That's everybody's yeah. dream. So and you're they competing. Do. You're competing with all of them. Yeah, they, and they do all, all they, they can to, to be there. Sometimes, maybe it's not good what I'm going to say, but sometimes using good, good weapons and sometimes using bad weapons, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it, the competition is crazy and you got to, I mean, see what is good, what is bad, and see what you want to be. Mm -hmm. How you gonna how you gonna proceed? How you gonna grow up? And what tools are you are you going to use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if you understand that. 
no no that, that's that's an incredible analogy no it makes sense and were there ever times outside of the soccer field that uh you had some distractions because i know uh being a young young player you also want to experience other things outside of the field um, yeah but you, we train and then we have a lot of free time as soccer players what were there any ever any distractions that you had as a as a teenager i think i think there is always time to do everything and if you balance if you manage your time good and if you know what you want to do you always find time to to have fun saturday night you can always go go out there and have some fun there is there i don't think there is anything bad with that because then on sunday you you relax you stay all day home and then on monday you're you're good to go uh, it's different if you go out on saturday night after your game uh, if you want to be sometimes you lose and you don't want to go out and that shows your character mm -hmm. if you feel it that way but i think if you go out on maybe tuesday or Friday before your game, I think that's gonna affect you some 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 way in your in your physical. Some players say that they don't feel it, or some players say if I go out the night before I play better. Mm -hmm. I think that's every every single body's situation. You can you can you you know Miguel, you already yeah. know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think it's personal that way. I I don't have any any rules with that but if you if you're talking to me in terms of having fun and go out i would recommend that you go maybe after the game yeah no, of, course. Night. of course and so after you know your whole journey in our uh, in argentina your experience playing with the first team uh then you made the jump over here to the united states yeah and uh, I, how was how was that how was that transition for you I mean, uh, it was good. It was good because I learned a lot. How did you uh, end up coming to the United States? What went through your mind that, that said, okay, Maxi, I'm, uh, I'm going to go? Oh, what did you uh, think? I was, I was about to turn 21. I was 20. And I started to go to a showcase where coaches from here uh, were watching. And I supposed to sign my my contract in my in the club that I was playing for Platense at that point. So it was like almost in the middle of the year, like June or something like that. Um, I didn't sign my contract with them, so I didn't I didn't have anything in the, in that point. So the only thing I have was was this. I mean, I went there. Obviously, my level was so much higher than the showcase. So a lot of coaches started, me, started to, to offer me scholarships and stuff to come here to, to the States. Um, so I, I spoke to my family. We all spoke together. Uh, as I said before, I didn't have anything at that point. So I took the opportunity and I came here to That's Florida. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I started in, in Florida Memorial. University. Okay. And when you started there, how was the, the style of play compared to Argentina and Chile? What stood out to you the most? Oh, it's different, Miel. I mean, I don't want to say that it's bad, but it's totally different than what I was doing there. I was in a pro environment, and then when I came to college, it's something, it's something different. 
it's like uh, it's obviously it's a transition here uh, for the players that that grow here that want to go that want to go professional in soccer is one step that they have to do but i think it's not i mean i think the the environment here for soccer players is not ready yet if you want to do it like step by step from seven eight years old to to professional the the step that you gotta follow is not like it's not the determinated yet yeah. like some some players go through academy some players go through college some players doesn't do college so for example in south america you go to to the youth of any club and you you go there and you start going step by step step by step until you make it to professional or not yeah yeah no it's, it's the culture here in the united states is definitely totally different from the culture yeah, in south america but but it's going it's going it's going there i think year by year things are changing they're trying they try things uh obviously the culture in south america is different in terms of soccer but i think here little by little they're gonna they're gonna get there and they're gonna yeah. be good yeah yeah ultimately you know i think it's it's what the player decides to do here in the united states because they have so many options they can either go to college they can skip college try to play you know yeah. fourth division third division first division or try to go abroad um but that's the thing with the the states i feel like there's so many options um you know as where in in south america for example there's a lot of clubs but there's yeah. also a lot of competition exactly you know what i mean so that's that's also what makes it very difficult so once you made it here to the states moxie you would you adjusted you uh you started playing college um and then that's where i met you after yeah we were, we were teammates exactly um you have a beautiful left foot too <laughs> No, but they call they call this guy El Caballo, the horse on the on the left wing, man. <laughs> no, but so that that's where I met Maxi. You know, we uh were teammates for a while, great person off the field as well. But you know, a fantastic workhorse on the field. Uh and I've known him since that time. And then he, you know, I could I could see how much he's been working. He's been working his ass off to get to the point he is now. And and now finally, finally, let's fast forward now, Maxi. You you signed your your pro contract. Uh, how was that experience? It was very good, man. Uh, I really like uh, I really like Tulsa. I like Oklahoma. I like the city. Um, I like the team as well. I I found very good players. And until everything stopped, I I felt really good. I mean, I did the whole preseason and. I was doing really, really good. Uh, I really liked the the league. I had the chance to play a couple of friendlies, uh, and the level is is good. I was I was really happy. In the middle of all this, uh, I don't know. I was I was telling you a little bit about it. Um, I was waiting my papers to come. They 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 came they came later than than I expected. So that's that's the reason I I, I had to. To came back to to Florida, right now here in Florida, waiting for for things to to start running out again and to find to find a new club, you know. 
Yeah, so there, there's definitely a lot of players out there that are in the same situation as you. Um, they come to a new country and they need to work for their work visas to be able to sign with a club. What goes through your mind mentally? How does that affect you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's not very good because I was, as, as, as I said before, I was in the preseason. You motivate your whole mind is put in, is put in the in the team. You're you you're waiting for the for the first game to to come, and you want to be there. And I was doing good. I thought I was I was going to start. I was going to to start the team, the the games, and and help the team. But you know, sometimes things just happen. And you gotta, you gotta know that uh, it's not everything the way we want it or the way we want. It's just things that are in the middle of the of your way or my way, or things are gonna happen. And you gotta, it's not what happened. I think it's not what really happened. It's how how you deal with those with those things. Right now, I'm here. I'm here training on my own. I'm training every day. Uh, I feel great. I I cannot wait competition to come, even if it's here or somewhere else. Uh, I feel ready and I train every day, just to waiting for that moment to come. No, yeah, I've been watching you train, man. You look you look sharp. You look fit. You look like you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for competition. I don't need any preseason now. I'm telling no, but- you. But I noticed you just touched on something uh, very, very specific there, that it's not what happens to you, but how you react to the situation. So in those situations, Maxi, we're talking about soccer now, but yeah, how do you, what goes through your mind when something happens out of your control? What do you say like, to yourself? On the field? On the field, off the field. Anybody listening to this podcast right now, like, what would you recommend them? Because there's a lot of people that they're going through some hard shifts in their life. It could be on the field, off the field. And then yeah. it, just, it just consumes them and then they just shut off. Yeah, but you don't I mean, do that. You don't do that. You, you get it. And then you, you're back training up again, staying sharp, staying fit. What, what goes through your mind? What would you recommend to those people? When a mistake happened or when something bad happened, I think... The only thing you gotta do is fix it. You you're gonna make mistakes or bad things are gonna happen to you. And if you, for example, you let's let's put a, like a an easy example. You lose the ball. You're trying to make a pass. You lose the ball. Well, what what you can do? Just run back and try to recover. I mean, the more time you spend thinking on what you did wrong or for example, being sad or being, yeah, being sad about what happened. If, for example, this reaction, like, uh, the more time you 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 waste on that, the more it's gonna take you to to fix it. Just run back, try to cover your teammates, trying to to help the team to recover the ball. And the same way you do that in the field, the same the same way you gotta do it in life as well. If something happens, just fix it. Everybody's gonna make mistakes. I think the worst mistake is maybe point some somebody out when because not nobody wants to mess up on purpose. Mm. When you're playing, if your teammate makes a mistake, obviously sometimes it's it's hard to do it in the field because you are waiting somebody to pass you the ball and maybe he dribbles and then after that he loses. But 
it's part of the game. You gotta fix it. You gotta fix it after. So that that's awesome. You're able to to forget about the mistake right away, and just move on. I try. I try. Sometimes it's it's natural that you 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 maybe you don't react in the same in the same moment, but that's what you have to do to just keep going because maybe the same way you you lose the ball, maybe you recover it right away and then you find the the right pass and your teammate score or you make a cross and something good happen. But if you just stay there because you lose the ball and or you just walk back, that's not going to help. And when do you think you learned that? When in your career did you learn that? As a kid, as a teenager, when you matured? No, I think I learned it like I learned it when I was like I don't know, maybe 25, 24. Mm. That that takes time because normally when you're a kid, everybody's like just talking to each other when the other guy do something something wrong. So I think that comes with the time, and you need to have somebody to tell you. I think I learned a lot from my teammates, the teammates that that I had in these years, the people I I get around with. I think we all think. Uh, the same way and when you see results and you feel good playing with those people that's when you see and when you think this is the way I gotta be or yeah do you think uh, the training environment of the team affects you uh, mentally yeah mentally and of course it's gonna help you to get more results as, as more as you get along with your teammate if it's a group and uh, uh, the results are going to be better for sure. And I can tell you this. You remember the team from Miami United? Mm -hmm. uh, that year, I mean, we have a, a very good group of, of people. I mean, we had good players, obviously. But the more that we have is a very, a very good group. And that year, I, I like to remember this. We, we beat Miami FC in the U.S. Cup. We then we, we went all the way to Jacksonville, man. We went to Jacksonville to play against that big team over there. We beat them 2-0. Mm -hmm. And if you compare the if you compare the the eleven with the eleven with the eleven, maybe they have players with more experience. Um, or in other words, they have uh, best players than, than than us. But we we had a very good group. I think. And I think that if you have a good group, you can go far. Uh, we became the the first team in the history of the MPSL on get to the on get to to play against an MLS team in the in the US Open Cup. So I don't. I, obviously, we had good players, but I think the most important thing at that point was the group that we had. Yeah, the the locker room atmosphere was was exactly. fantastic. I remember you in the locker room, man. You were. You're a funny guy, <laughs> always dancing. Yeah, yeah I know the music in the locker room, always blasting, always dancing. And I feel like that plays a big part with a lot of, uh, a lot of teams having that positive atmosphere in the locker room before training, before matches, before any tournaments. It, it really helps out a lot. It's like everybody's a family, everybody's playing together. But, you know, that definitely helps a team collectively. But you as a person it makes you feel good it makes you feel included would you agree yeah yeah absolutely i think it's i'm completely agree with what you just said it's that way and 
I cannot say something different because it happened to me. I've mm. been in teams where um, the, the group maybe is not that, you don't see that union. And then even if you have good players, when you're on the field, it, you don't see the team doing really good because, because of that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, Maxi, so now that you're, you're actually Tulsa um, and, you know, with the whole quarantine shut down and you're training, you're staying sharp, what are your goals for the near future? What do you, what does Maxi want to do for him in the near future? What, what do I want to do? Say it again. So what are your goals in the near future? What are you planning to achieve? I mean, what I want to do is just keep playing keep playing here or somewhere else. Uh, as I said before, I'm ready to go. So now that I have my papers, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep looking for a club. I have a, one, or two, one or two clubs in, in my mind. So when, it, when everything comes to normal, I'm going to see if I can go there and I start playing, you know? That's awesome. All right, Maxi. Well, you know, we're wrapping it up now. Um, I just want to ask you a couple questions okay. just to finish up. Since this being the winner's circle, I want to ask you, what is your definition of being a winner? My definition of being a winner? Oh. Uh, it's a tough question. It's a really open-ended question. It, you can answer however you want, whatever comes to your mind. What do you think? Enjoying what you do. Because if you enjoy what you do, you're going to be happy. If you're happy, I think you're going to do so much better, whatever you're doing. So I think it applies to not just to soccer. I think it, it applies to whatever you want to do. If you want to be a businessman, if, if you really enjoy business, I think you're going to be happy with it. And then you're going to do good with it because you're going to wake up every morning and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to do what, what I like. And when you're going to do it, you're going to enjoy it. And that's going to get results. And that's how it goes. I love that. I love that. I, I, I'm, right now, we're in quarantine, but I, I love to go out there and train and, and being active. I mean, it's the, it's the best part of my day. <laughs> yeah, I then love I'm, that. Then, I, then I'm here at home uh, watching TV, maybe doing something else, but it's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love to be to go out there because I, I enjoy what I do and I want to keep doing it until, uh, until my body says no more. I'm going to keep <laughs> playing man, because I love this. I love it. Love what you do. I love that. I love that. And then my last question to finish it. Okay. <laughs> Maxi, if you could give any piece of advice to your younger self. So what would 28-year-old Maxi tell 13-year-old Maxi? Oh, I need to write a, like a big letter to that Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell him? If you had him um, in the room right now, face-to-face, what would you tell 13-year-old Maxi? I would tell him to take, take things slowly. Sometimes I was so uh, hothead. Like, I don't know if, I, if it's good, the term. Yeah, hothead, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really hothead, and that took me to make uh, a lot of mistakes when I was young. So I would say, I would say to this guy to just relax, calm down and just keep enjoying. I think that's, that's very important, man. I was, because sometimes you, you pressure yourself, you put 
you hurry yourself up to to make things happen and that's not the way if you're doing if you're doing the the things good things are going to happen you just gotta wait for them i love it i love it yeah it's all the small things adding up over time that at the end you can finally see the big result right yeah exactly sometimes you push yourself you push it too much uh, you don't find the balance on what you're doing and that's when you when you mess up uh, awesome. sometimes there is a phrase in spanish sometimes less is more yeah yeah and i i, I couldn't agree anymore that's completely true completely true well maxi yeah. i want to thank you so much for your time uh it's been a pleasure reconnecting with you i know you're staying sharp i know you're staying fit i wish you the best of luck in your career you know my doors are always open for when we train any day any time um, whatever whatever you want miguel i got to i got to thank you for 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 doing this i feel i feel honored to be here with you like to help you on whatever you need you know i'm always open for whatever you need yeah with friends it's been a pleasure meeting you and knowing you all this year being teammates sharing locker room sharing field so i think i'm the one that got that has to say thank you thank you maxi thank you for those words well guys that concludes episode 2 of our winner circle podcast i hope you guys enjoy it do not forget to subscribe we have plenty of awesome stories coming from amazing professional soccer players and amazing people off the field so make sure you do not miss out hope you guys have a good one ciao ciao Thank you.